Welcome to the Fabric Podcast, where we explore company culture and how it scales as a company grows. Brought to you by the team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company. Each episode of Fabric will set out to uncover unique and uncommon answers to the question, how do companies of any size create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? On this episode of the Fabric Podcast, we've got our Director of Marketing, Michael Ashford, along with guest Matt Wald, president and doer of all things at Brightlark Digital, an agency we've partnered with for several years here at The Receptionist. They're discussing the state of marketing in 2021, sharing about their philosophies on marketing, discussing what they saw happening to marketing during COVID, and what they see happening now in 2021 as we're feeling like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Enjoy the episode. We're so excited to be back on the podcast. Michael, welcome back. You know, after a time of a long time where I wasn't on any of these, I feel like I'm a regular on these shows now. So thanks thanks for having me. It's nice to have you be a a regular. And we have a guest today, Matt. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Um, You know, I feel like a seasoned vet already. Good. We like that. Well, we're going to dive right in. So before we kind of get going with today's topic, tell us a little bit about Brightlark Digital and your role there. Yeah. um, You know, I'll do my best to keep it brief. We've been around for about 15 years. My background was in paid media while I was in Omaha doing paid search for an e-com company. Kind of funny, but at the time, Yahoo was everything. Google was nothing. And so paid search was our kind of foundational service. We've grown over the years to encompass SEO. We've gotten into content marketing. We've been a HubSpot partner since 2013. And today we're a small or boutique, however you want to put it, inbound agency that focuses on just helping businesses who want to scale more quickly. And they want to attract, engage, and delight more of their customers online. That ends up meaning a whole lot of different things to different businesses. But at the end of the day, that's that's what we're here to do. I like that. You delight them. And what is your role there? Mm-hmm. As, as president, uh, everything, pretty much everything. All the things. Certainly running the business, working with the team, making sure that we're reaching goals for our clients. That's always number one. Business development is my day-to-day, so I enjoy that very much because I, I think I just like to see how other businesses operate. I do. It's so fascinating to me. So that feeds some inner curiosity to me, and I know I'm helping the businesses we find new right engagements. That's great. And, and I'll chime in here. They're a partner of the receptionist, so we have had a relationship. What is it, Matt, now? Two and a half years? Yes. Half? Yeah. Yes. They've they've been one of those agency partners. We've called them sharpshooters on this show previously, Sarah, where we brought them in for very specific tactical stuff, which we're going to be talking about, and it just flowed into a bigger relationship. So full transparency and authenticity there. Yeah. We've been in business with Matt and Brightlark for uh, several years now. Yeah, we, we go way back. And so we're going to bring it to what's been going on with the state of marketing this year. But before we do, I'd like for each of you to share kind of how you approach marketing or your personal philosophy. So Michael, what about you? How do you approach this? I've mentioned this on the show before, but it's it's storytelling. It, it is telling a story and inviting your prospective customers and your customers into that story to be a part of that story. We've talked about story brand on this show and how really my philosophy is make the customer the hero to to use Donald Miller's language in that. That's not my own, but it gives words to how I've always operated as a marketer, which is the the company story is the customer story and how they succeed, how they find value in 
whatever service or product that we happen to offer them, that's what we want to amplify. And if we do a really good job of that, other customers will come along and want the same thing. It's that referral. It's that word of mouth. It's that storytelling that we all are, every marketer, no matter what they tell you, we're all chasing that. That's from a high level, 60,000 foot airplane view. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Matt, what about you? What's your approach or philosophy when it comes to marketing? Ditto. <laughs> no, I, you know, so, so much of what Michael believes, um, you know, I, I certainly agree with. Uh, I find myself saying no more often, which is interesting. This is over the past few years. We get a lot of inquiries with folks thinking they know what they want. So we want SEO. Okay. So we want paid social, paid search, whatever. And my philosophy, philosophy of marketing has always been, and it's now encompassing more of what Michael was talking about. He actually introduced me to StoryBrand about a month ago, and I've, I've read the book now just about three times over. Mike, you, Michael, you'd be amazed at what I'm documenting, putting together. But I'm saying no because it's not what they need. And um, 10 years ago, as a young, aspiring little pup, I probably would have said yes to more. Right. So if they would have asked for SEO, I'd say, sure. Yeah, we do SEO. Here's what we charge for it. Um, is that is that good? Yeah. OK, well, great. Let's go. You know, I pause now and I consider what it is they want, but it's all about the website. It's all about the customer. If they don't have certain, you know, from where we come from, certain analytic elements, certain calls to action, certain engagement elements happening on their site. I don't think social SEO, anything else is really going to help them get to where they want to go. So um, we start with the website. That's always first. Analytically, looking at what they have going on. But as Michael touched on, it's all about the customer. It's all about the hero. It's all about that story. And so we're even working more of that into you know, how we work with our clients, clients now. That's great. And we're recording this in late April 2021. So it feels like we're kind of coming off COVID. It's still very real. But let's talk about what you all have seen happening with marketing during COVID and what was going on with the marketing strategies. Matt, what were you seeing maybe with some of your clients? Mm-hmm. One end of the spectrum to the other is what we saw. And, and um, you know, when COVID hit, I mean, it was such a blind side, I think, to, to everyone, obviously. So we, we did see a number of our clients have to stop what they were doing. We understood. And we were supportive of that. If they were in a tough spot, we were supportive and helping them kind of wind things down. On the flip side, with competition being more or less offline, a number of our clients also increased their media spend. They were getting traffic at a lower cost um, that was beneficial to them and their business. We saw some folks getting very creative and wanting to engage more. Folks that maybe previously had conferences or things offline were figuring out ways to execute those online. Um, so it was you know, hard on one end of the spectrum to see some of these businesses take a pause. A lot of those are coming back, um, but it was fun to see the, the creativity out of those folks that were, they were gonna push through and make it happen. It was something. Matt and I meet pretty regularly for virtual coffee since we can't do it <laughs> in person. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, these, these are the kinds of things, these are the conversations that we got into and have gotten into over the course of the last 12, 18 months and really precipitated Matt coming on this show because I wanted him to share his thoughts. and. It it was, again, yeah, it was it was all across the board, but so much of it was driven towards the tactical and away from what Matt and I just talked about the story element of it, the brand element of it, trying to tell your your company's story through branding and and identity. 
of, of who you are and what you're all about. And yeah, it, it was a little bit of people freaking out. I think I, as a marketer, it was, was not immune to those feelings of freaking out and being like, what do we got to spend? What do we got to spend to keep the numbers up to keep it? And once you kind of resigned yourself to the fact that uh, we're in a time that no one, darn near everyone alive has never lived through, put a pause on the, the tactical spending stuff and let's, let's reevaluate the stories that we can tell, the areas that we can dig into. And, and Matt and I were talking about this the last time we had one of our virtual coffees was, you know, there's there the people that really truly value and understand marketing uh, in, in the the best way, and the people who were the marketers that were supported by the people that they reported to. I don't want to say had it easiest during this time, but they were able to be, I think, a little bit more creative, a little bit more open minded. They were able to evaluate. Um, what they were doing. And it wasn't always just, let's try and throw more money at a problem or let's pull back on spending any money at all because we're freaking out here. I hope that doesn't sound insensitive, but that's, I mean, I, I had those same feelings and thoughts, right? We had a lot of, we had a lot of client huddles on like, what the crap do we do, right? There was a period of panic, like great panic, but you're right, Michael, the folks who understood marketing, who understood what would happen to their business if they pulled it back or took it away, those folks, they wanted to huddle down, let's scrum, let's get creative, let's figure out a way to make this work. Maybe we have to pivot on some of the things. And you know, some of the some of the most fun, you know, we did our best with virtual whiteboarding or whatever it was, you know, Google Doodle, whatever it was. Um, but those were some looking back, those were some of the most engaging and real conversations we had in 2020. You know, it was, it was really, it was really fun. Um, you, <laughs> those conversations, not everything else. Yeah. Everything else aside, but to be able to have fun while all of that was going on around us, I think is, is really important and obvious important to us at the receptionist. And, you know, we wish that for other people as well, that you can be having fun, even in the worst of times. Now, both of you mentioned being creative. Do either of you have an example of um, some creative marketing that may have come out of this uh, dark period uh, that, that you liked that went well and then maybe even might continue beyond this period? For, for us at the receptionist and, and Matt's team was a big part of helping us drive this was we got a chance to take a look at what people are buying right now what people are still open, what people are still wanting a visitor management system out there in the world. And we were able to take a look and say, okay, how can we best serve these people and, and get the information in their hands that they most need during this time? So, you know, I don't want to say a marketer lives for a time like this, but there is a diff, there is a, an added level of excitement and fun when you get to work on a pivot or a shift or a, a, you're going into a new place versus just like, not to demean this again, I hope people understand my heart for this, but that's a different place to be at than let's tweak this campaign in Google ads by $5 a day and see if we can get one more conversion out of that. Is it necessary? Yes. Is it the thing that gets your creative juices going every morning and excited to get up and work with your team? I'm going to say no, at least for me and my experience, no. So we've talked about on this show, we went into the logistics and the long-term care space and the, um, you know, all, the, all the food and beverage manufacturers that were still open. We were creating interactive guides for them 
with with a lot of the help from Matt's agency, we were uh, creating videos that walked people through how do you manage how do you implement a visitor management system at a time when people are really nervous to be entering a building? What does that look like for you? What does that look like for your customers? And then one of the things that just came out, and we need to link this in the show notes, you know, James, our our creative manager, he created a rap about fabric. Like he, he created a rap about fabric. And it is one of the most shared things that we've ever posted to social media as a as a company, most commented. It just we because we wanted it to be about the brand, we wanted to let people know that, hey, if you need a little bit of comic relief, we're here. Uh, this is who we are. We're fun to work with. And gosh, can we, can we please have some levity during this time? I know I just talked a whole lot. So Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Um, you know, what, what we saw and what we're still seeing, brands are realizing, okay, if we have fewer people coming to the website, that that just is what it is. If demand is down for, you know, COVID or whatever reason, we just, we're going to deal with that. Um, they have wanted to communicate with their customers in a more direct, more personalized way. They've turned their attention from, as Michael is pointing out, the ad campaigns or the ads or things that they're pushing out uh, or using to try and pull people in. And it's been more about engagement. And so they're looking at ways that they can better speak on their website, okay, through storytelling, as Michael is touching on. How can we more clearly, more effectively communicate with our clients? How can we more effectively offer them, you know, content that will help them solve problems? How can we more, on a more personal level, how can we communicate via email in a, in a succinct way? So I think this, this whole effort, I mean, it really did put more of an emphasis, at least with our clients uh, and partners, I feel on that, that communication with their partners. And if we have fewer opportunities, we better do a better job of communicating our message to those folks. And that's what I saw. And that came in a number of different, you know, creative ways. But um, that 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 was a wholesome feeling seeing the brands finally, not finally, but lock in on that. It was cool. Yeah. And now that we are sort of seeing this light at the end of the tunnel of COVID and, and many companies, you know, maybe you're trying to rebound or get back on track. What are you seeing companies do when it comes to marketing? Matt, what are you noticing? Mm-hmm. So if you would have asked me this last summer, okay, what, what are people going to be demanding? What kind of services are they going to want when COVID starts to dismay? I would have said paid media and I would have been wrong. And I would have said paid media. I know there's a challenge in having a budget or having money to really get that moving, but it's a driver of results. Like it should have some, some instant impact on what you're doing. And I felt like businesses may want that revenue. What I'm seeing and what we've been doing more of than anything else in the last six months has been SEO and what we call Crow, conversion rate optimization. It's almost like, a, I mean, I sound like a broken record in sales. It's almost the same thing time and time again. And I'm agreeing with that. I agree that the brands need this. When I ask these companies why they feel they want SEO and Crow, knowing these, neither of which are really overnight you know, successes. They take time. They want to feel as if they're in more control. They want greater control over the website. They want greater control over the experience people have on their site. They're less interested, even though I know media spends across the board are going up in our space, they're less interested in pushing out and paying for messaging. They're instead focusing on that experience on their site through SEO and Crow, which is really interesting. But um, 
in a lot of ways, it makes sense given a year that you know people had relatively little control. The desire and the demand to want control now over their website just resonates, and it makes a lot of sense. There's a there's a marketer that I follow and, and interact with quite a bit. His name's Jay Akunzo, and he runs the podcast um, Three Clips, and he wrote the book Break the Wheel. And he talks a lot about uh, his philosophy of marketing, which I think flows really well into what uh, he also runs the podcast Unthinkable, which is a fantastic podcast as well. Uh, he talks about the his his attitude towards marketing is it's not about how many people arrive. It's about how many people stay. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about SEO and creating great, interactive, engaging content and conversion rate optimization that that makes it easier for someone to interact with you and, and become a part of your ecosystem as a brand or as a company, that makes a lot of sense. And that's what I'm seeing. Jay is, is kind of championing that mantra. A lot of other marketers are out there championing that mantra of, look, the traffic that we were getting pre-pandemic is not, maybe not even a fourth of what we were getting of what we're getting now. It's really important that the people that we are attracting, that we we give them a reason to stay, that we give them a reason to stick around and see what we have to say, that we make them feel good about their decision to stay and stick around. Uh, so that that is no surprise to me that Matt is seeing that on the agency side and helping all these brands uh, with the work that he and his team do, which pumping Matt, Matt up here, it's phenomenal work. Absolutely. But that is, that is why it's so important. We marketers really have to make the most of the traffic that we're getting at a time where it's really hard to get traffic. Absolutely. And now within marketing, there's short-term strategies, there's longer-term strategies, and you two have a certain approach that you take. Can you share with us your thoughts on maybe these different strategies and and why a certain approach might be, I don't want to say better, but why you might favor one approach over the other? Michael, what about you? Um, I think if we're breaking out it out into the really tactical stuff um, of of paid search, paid media, I'd even I'd even go so far as to to lump in SEO and conversion rate optimization as a a tactic that can be a larger part of a bigger story of a longer play. I mean, certainly SEO and and um, CRO, like Matt just said, they are a little bit of a longer play, even they are even though they are a tactic, and you can feel like you're getting your hands dirty right now and actually moving the needle. But again, it is um, humanizing your brand. It is uh, pushing out that, that information that may not immediately get you a lead or a, a free trial or a deal or somebody to ask for pricing, but it creates affinity for you. Uh, the brand Wistia is a huge champion of what they call brand affinity marketing. It is building up and, and letting people know the humans behind the brand are actually humans. And we, we believe in this product so much that we want you, we want to give you this stuff. We want to create content for you that helps you in your job. With this show, this podcast is a, a great example of that. We want to put content out there that helps other companies run their business in a more human and authentic way. We think that makes business better. And and we're even going through steps to better articulate that. And we think if we do that, if we provide an example of a way to do that, 
down the road, if you're ever in the market for a visitor management system, <laughs> hope to be top of mind. And and I'm being I'm being transparent and honest and saying like that's a marketer's job to do something like that. But we also have a greater cause for what we're doing. I don't know if that answers the question <laughs> whole like in totality, but that's where I see it. That's where I see it going. In, in a lot of ways, I, I do, again, want to piggyback. See, it's not fair when Michael goes first because he has such good answers. Uh, I, I would totally copy off you in school, Michael. <laughs> we gave him the hard job, though, Matt. You guessed. We wanted to make him work a little harder. <laughs> you know, when, when I look at long-term strategies, my, okay, my mind does go to SEO, which is so important. I think it's just permission to play to have a clean bill of health for every brand, every website a clean bill of health from an organic perspective. But a strategy that I, I wish more brands would embrace, it's the hardest. It's what we're doing here and it's content marketing. And piggybacking on what Michael you know, shared, it does give you that voice. It does give visitors to your site a feel for what your brand is, what you're about. Um, in a way, they can interpret the personality of your brand. It can answer questions. It can help them solve problems. It does so many things. And I, I don't mean, I think when a lot of people hear content marketing, they think blogging. Oh my gosh. I think of this in terms of sure, written content blogging, what we're doing here, podcasting, video. Um, there are so many different ways and mediums and channels to get your message out via content, which is so engaging. It's the hardest to produce. It is, and I get that. And the thought of starting a content marketing initiative is so daunting, but uh, it's that old uh, adage, right? The best time to plant a tree would have been 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So um, get going on it. And um, it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's what will attract and engage your visitors in the long run. Absolutely. Well, you've already touched on a lot of great points. And as we wrap up the episode, Matt, I'll let you go first on this one. Any final thoughts on, on marketing in 2021? Yeah. Um, I, I think the obvious is any kind of you know, um, in-person events, and I'm feeling this myself, there are a number of conferences throughout the year that I look forward to, inbound being one of them. That's now virtual. That's not the same. There are a lot of events that you used to be in person. I think those are all going to go away. And those are great spots for marketers to meet, network, and, and hopefully find, you know, some new engagements or new conversations. Marketers are going to have to find a way to recreate those experiences online. Conferences are gone. Trade shows are gone. Showrooms are less full. And how do we as marketers recreate those experiences online? I think some brands are doing it well. And, um, you know, I think HubSpot has done about as good of a job recreating inbound as you can. As a marketer, I think there are some challenges this year. And maybe I'm just feeling, and Michael, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. But as a marketer, I'm feeling a bit more pressure, just given the circumstances of the country, politically, socially, you have to be very careful, I feel, in, in what you say. I feel like marketers in the messaging, the channels, the platforms, what you say may be critically evaluated more than, than it has in the past. And I feel that. And I feel that for ourselves. I know I've, you know, you know I'm, I'm just very careful on, on what I propose for our clients and what we use internally because I think we will be more critically evaluated in this year and the next years to come, you know, as, as people try and evaluate, okay, what's this brand about? What are they trying to say? Who are they? What do they care about? It's, it's something I've had to think about more so now, and I'm feeling it now than I have recently. 
Yeah, it's a great point. It, it is a great point. And, and I think it puts the onus on brands and company internally to have that discussion about what do we stand for? Uh, what, what do we want to put our stamp of our company logo on? A perfect example is recently Patagonia said no more logos, company logos on our Patagonia vests. Mm-hmm. Causes too much waste. Um, people change jobs too often that, you know, who's going to wear, you know, a vest with the branded company, a uh, branded company vest from the company they just got fired from. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, they're a, a company that has said, even to the detriment of our revenue and our bottom line, we are going to make a stand and there are going to be people who are against that. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be a heck of a lot of people who are for it. And those are our people. And if you're going to make a stand like that, if you're going to make a, a case like that uh, in this climate, you darn well better know what it is you stand for. Mm-hmm. Got to have those conversations to Matt's point, because you are, you will be, no matter where you land, critically evaluated in the public eye. <laughs> it, can, it can be a decision uh, like that, a logo that will no longer be on a vest. It can be a tweet. It can be anything. And um, so, yeah, I just, I feel like there's a greater lens on marketing now than there has been in maybe my lifetime. I don't know. But I I certainly know we're taking that second and third look at everything we produce to make sure it's, it's on point. Yeah. And that it represents your brand and and how you want to speak for yourself. So exactly. a little scary at the end, guys. I got to say, I think you put a little fear Sorry. in the people before they hit publish. But I think that's good because, you know, you brands need to be aware of, of how they're speaking and, and who they're speaking to. So really good information. I've got to throw in one of my favorite quotes ever that I think speaks to exactly that, which you just said, like, take that extra pause, take that extra moment to think about what you're putting out there, especially as during this time. Um, Victor Frankel said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Mm -hmm. Take that space. Mm -hmm. Take a breath. Think about what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Leave it to Michael to bring us bring us home with an excellent quote. Michael, (laughs) Michael, thank you for that. And Matt, Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Uh, This was fun. A lot of fun. Great. And Michael, as always, thank you. I'm sure we're going to see you again soon because we're on a roll with you these days. I know, right? I'll be back. I always am. Great. Thank you. Thank you again to Matt Wald from Brightlark Digital for a great conversation on the state of marketing. And don't forget to take some time to watch the video of today's episode over at thereceptionist.com.